What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Bald Guys Talking Safety, Episode 5. Is that correct, Langdon? That is correct. Numero 5. All right. In Chicago, I'm Paul Gibson. Spring Hill, Tennessee. Langdon DeMint. Stretch you up out, to the, what's been going on with you, Langdon? How are you? I'm good. Just, yeah, I'm good. Really nothing. Just battling illness all around me, I feel like. The wife and the kids just I'm in the midst of sickness, not COVID, flu, fever, random other virus, who knows, I'm just trying to stay, stay alive, stay well. It's How about season, you? It's isn't it? Yeah, it's it really is. How about you? It's unseasonably, unseasonably warm here recent days. Very nice, mm -hmm. actually. Yeah, so, it's, been, um, it's been the same here. I guess here. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Same here, except for, you know, we had some rough storms here recently that went through you know, Arkansas, Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, good. Any of those get close to you? Uh, there were some close to my, close to like Spring Hill area, Nashville, but really, right. no, it was mainly my, now my family in West Tennessee. Yeah. They were very close. My, yeah. my brother, where he lives, and my, my parents. But, um, and then I have a lot of friends. Uh, that were impacted in various areas but yeah fortunately everybody's okay so that's, that's the most important thing so yeah, yeah crazy that was, times that was that was those storm, those storms were uh that was that was fierce that was uh especially for like christmas that's yeah you know that you don't you don't think about that I, you know i can think of some that maybe around thanksgiving time frame but december that's that is a crazy one that is that is but it is warm to your point. Wish I was playing mm -hmm. golf. That's the whole, but I hadn't gotten to. I want to get that illness out of the house. So you can get out and play some golf. I know what's happening in your world. Not much. Just uh, enjoying getting ready for the holidays. And um, mm -hmm. I think we're going to have a nice uh, continuation discussion here today. Um, mm -hmm. Last time we talked about uh, zero, kind of our thoughts on that. Yep. But um, Langdon, we're gonna kind of we're gonna kind of turn that on its head today, right? I think we shall. More of it, not really a part two, but more of a slight contradiction. But it's not actually a contradiction as we get to talking about it. But striving for zero in other target areas. Absolutely, and I think just to frame this up, um, when you look at uh, you know the Bureau of Labor Statistics data. Over the last several years, we've um, we've seen that um, you know workplace injuries have decreased by a good amount, and um, but unfortunately, what we've seen is fatal injuries have not been going that um, that same way. And as a matter of fact, um, we've actually seen an uptick in 2019. The um, 5,333 workers lost. That's the latest number that we have from BLS. There's probably a 2020 number on that. But well, the 2019 yet. number, yeah, oh, yeah. Usually the end of, yeah, yeah two years in a row. Yeah. yeah. But that number was the highest number of workplace fatalities since 2007. So, um, you know, that, that number is not going in the right direction. So I guess what we wanted to focus on today is we wanted to focus on Talking about um, SIFs, serious injuries and fatalities, 
and um, you know, really talking about how you can uh, you know use your use your program and adjust your program to really target those and target those risks that can uh, that can lead to SIFs. Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. Um, and it is around you know when you think about it, I think you and that's why I was saying that contradictory whereas we always focused on many times zero but we were just looking at it we put so much on the incident rates and we think about it it is excuse me it is a it is weird how we've made such drastic improvements and and let's not take it lightly when you think about it we've we have still made a lot of improvements if you look over the last 20 years of fatalities and and go back even further we've definitely um, dropped. I don't. I don't know what the math would be on that reduction. Uh, it's. I know it's less than a fifty percent, but I want to say maybe around a quarter, twenty five percent or so. Just trying to think of numbers off the top of my head from the last ten years. But we've hit that plateau, and really, you know, we've hit that plateau even with incident rates. It's just been it's a lot lower, but fatality is going back up. And I'll be eager when when that twenty twenty data comes out. I will be interested to see what it is because, you know, we saw a quite a large jump as far as incidents because of COVID, because of, uh, you know, infectious diseases. Right. Um, so I'll be, I will be eager to see if, if there is any, um, I don't know, any correlation of, of illnesses to, to that, you know, whether it's somebody going to work sick, didn't realize it doing a, doing a um a job that was potentially you know it was a SIF potential anyway so I'll, I'll be eager to see how that how that plays out and you know we won't be able to extrapolate all that probably all that data to that extent right. but still it's going to be yeah it's going to be interesting cuz you think about the year 2020 and you did have you had that period you did have a period it was pretty quiet so it'll be interesting to see how all of that data mm-hmm. data correlates but I just think the trend, I think the trend as we've looked at it over the last 20 years here, SIF related, we just, we have not, we have not gone, we've, we've not been going the right way. And, you know, I think there's different, uh, different ways to address it. I think there's some, there's some organizations that are doing great work in, um, in this field. And I think, uh, I think there's some real, some real good experts as far as, as far as this, but you know, I think you're right. I think you, you have to, do have to look at getting away from, you know, everything being a lagging indicator and, you know, looking, looking towards some of those leading indicators and looking at leading indicators in areas where you know that you have risk, riskier jobs than others and really, really taking a look at those. Yeah. And I think, you know, with, when it comes to this, you do strive for zero, of course. Absolutely. You want to you want to minimize your incidents however you can. You want to minimize anything to acceptable levels. And you think about you think about what are some things that things that we can do from a um, from a standpoint of trying to actually correct and rectify uh, incidents that can lead that have that SIF potential. And you know, I know a, a lot of projects that have occurred with various organizations where they're you know they're doing two, three, four months studies on trying to figure out how can we reduce this let's look at the most serious serious uh incidents serious injuries what's what's happening the serious jobs that that have that greatest shift potential you know it's pretty most fatalities it's usually around construction but when you actually are the actual number of fatal work injuries but when you start looking at actual 
the rate, usually it's going to be around the agriculture, the forestry, um, you know, fishing, hunting. You know, they have an excessively high fatality rate. Now, you think about it from a forestry out west or whatever they're climbing up super high trees or you know, doing cutting. And then you think about construction. I mean, we all know the nature of high construction jobs, um, you know, transportation, warehousing. When you think about that being in transportation, I mean, uh, on the road, unfortunately, always that's, that's dangerous. Yeah. It's, yeah. Roadway. Yeah. And it doesn't really matter. And that's, yeah, but, you know, that's, that's always start, better. Exactly. And, and that's when you start thinking, how can we think about this different? You know, we get so caught up in looking at our metrics, fi figuring out how can we improve. And to me, it's how often do we look at a, a job that we know is unsafe? Maybe we're maybe we're on a ladder, you know, whatever, eight, 10 foot up. We don't think much about it, but maybe right behind where the ladder is, there's a, a little bit of a larger fall. You can, you can, that is a serious injury falling eight to 10 feet. We don't think mm -hmm. anything about it. I mean, I, you know, I have an, I have a 10 foot ladder. <laughs> I go up on the top of it. Doesn't mean I like to necessarily. I'm not, I don't love heights, but I'll do it and don't think much about it. But, you know, it, it doesn't take much to go up there and just accidentally fall. Um, no. So if we just track that as a, as a fall, that's, that's a traditional, what I would almost call it, looking at it traditionally. I'm just thinking of it as the routine. But if I think of it as then starting to, categorize that as a SIF potential. So we start thinking about, you know, when we're doing our risk assessments, again, that's one of the crucial aspects, having a risk assessment for all jobs, but not just a mundane risk assessment, meaning what we're typically do, but having one that, that it's a, you know, quote unquote, a living risk assessment, that we understand that the job changes, what the focus could change, what are the hazards they can change every day. Right. And they should change every day, especially if you're, you know, we used, we use the agriculture, forestry, yeah. excuse me, construction. There is for each Out one the of elements, those, right? Exactly. I was gonna say, that's one thing that changes constantly every day, every, every yeah. hour. Um, so if you have that living type risk assessment or that, you know, a lot of times it's referred to as that dynamic type, then you're able to revisit that and understand, hey, we have we know right off the bat environmental changes is potentially going to adversely affect this job. That's just one thing. Right. Um, you know, what I go to work tired one day just because of what I said earlier. You know, I I was up at four this morning with with kids. I went from mm -hmm. the the wife was sick, so I'm in the other bedroom. So I have both monitors. Last night yep. was one of those nights that I've been just waiting for to where one kid cried, so I went to that kid, took the other monitor. 20 minutes later, the other child started crying, so I went and got them. Then I remembered I left the monitor after the baby went back to sleep, so I went back to get the monitor. Mm -hmm. I go to a, a job later on, and it's serious. Maybe I'm, uh, maybe I'm stressed or whatever. I mean, I'm not, but maybe I was. Maybe what we viewed it as a mundane task. Really, that's a new that's a new potential adverse effect that we've thrown on that. So that's something how we can think about it and understanding that there are a lot of other precursors and there's things that we need to think about because sometimes, yeah, they're obvious, some jobs that have that SIF potential, but sometimes they're the typical jobs that we can look back and see, or we can do our pre-incident investigation and try to, try to limit. 
I've been rambling, Paul. What about what are you? You're, what do you no, think? You're exa- no, no, no. You're exactly right. And I think I think one of the one of the things, you know, I think I think if you have and you're doing um, you know risk assessments or you're doing job hazard analysis, the thing to always remember with those documents is they're living they're living documents. Mm-hmm. They're not just it's not just a you know one you do it one time and then it goes off into some document library somewhere you never you never look at it again. You're you have to really, especially around, especially around activities that you've determined that are, you know, that have SIF potential, you really have to stay engaged in that. You have to, um, in, in those work environments, you're going to have to be looking at those repeatedly, you know, going back and looking at those um, lessons learned and mm-hmm. really important to get out of, I think, you know, patting ourselves on the back for, you know, so many work hours that were safe and it's great to have the pizza party and all of that but we have to keep our eyes always you know scanning forward and not just what's immediately in front of us but what's out on that horizon as well and Mm -hmm. um i think if we if we don't do that and we all especially if you if you the scary part is if you're really successful and then you begin to rest on your laurels because we know that when that happens, that's when, that's when, you know, things can, things can pop up. And, you know, so we really want to have that engagement, um, employee engagement on this is critical because mm-hmm. they know, you know, nobody knows better, you know, than the guy who's doing the job. But the, the scary part is the guy or gal who's doing the job. The scary part is, is if that person it just be, you know, they get so used to doing it, maybe that they don't see things. They don't, you know, they become blind to some of the, um, the things that a new employee, that's why I always like when a new employee comes in. A new employee is going to spot some things that maybe that 20-year veteran who's kind of gotten accustomed to doing things one way is not going to. So I've always liked when a new employee comes in, fresh set of eyes, they can take a look at it. But still, I will say the person who's out there and doing it, if you can kind of get them off of their tunnel vision to really look and survey everything, really, really important. And that's where I think what you were saying, you know, really about just looking at looking at each job, doing proper risk assessments, and keeping those things live, keeping them current. Yeah, and I think one thing, you know, we we overlook, and I've told organizations this as well when I've worked with them. You start thinking, how can we really improve? And to me, one of the easiest things, and we get so caught up in predictive analytics and, and leading indicators, and you, you have to. I mean, obviously, I'm not, not negating that. But you can look back and see where you've had near misses, where you've had incidents, and think, you know, it says that we had a near miss here with a, a lack of a machine guard. And we've, yeah. had, we've had, you know, whatever. Let's say machine guards have malfunctioned and we haven't had them four times last year historically we never really thought we didn't think much about that unless we knew i mean it's pretty blatantly obvious that i would die some type of machine like that but really and truly a lot of times those machine guards they could be preventing from losing a couple of fingers from losing a hand from from yes that worst case and uh, you know how often have we even classified something like that as a sif potential no machine guarding so it is going back and and reanalyzing where were we it's you know multiple of course facets here you have to focus on but one of those is looking at where have we had stuff 
how many of what we have actually had were really and truly they were SIF potential, but we we didn't call it as such. Mm-hmm. And then when we're doing those pre-incident investigations, or when we're looking at our high hazard jobs or our repetitive jobs that we know can lead to something, let's start when we're doing that pre-incident investigation. We're thinking ahead think about it from a SIF potential also, not just a preventing of an incident, but truly minimizing that because there's going to be precursors. I mean, there always are, you know, you, you look at, you look at some of the, some of the big failures that have happened, whether it's, you know, Deepwater Horizon or right. any of those, some of those are the safest companies in the world. And then something massive occurred right. from that perspective. Um, and that's what I think how we just have to really, it goes back to just, Thinking differently. I mean, really, that's what it boils down to: thinking differently versus how we've always done things. And it's easy to get to get so caught up in the in the routine because most of us like routine. Yeah, it, right. It's comfortable. We know it, so we go about that same process regularly. But if we can think differently about it and, and start trying to uncover uncover different things, or really actually looking at it for for what it is, not just a simple injury, but you know what, that could have been something super serious. I think when if we really engage and start start viewing that differently, I think we're going to understand and we're probably going to see a reduction in those uh, serious injuries and fatalities. But, you know, it's it's also getting everyone on board to, to viewing it like that. And I, I think that is a challenge. You know, I, th- I just, I think back and I think back on, you know, my years of working with different safety professionals at a lot of organizations. And, you know, if you've, if you've ever had to, um, and a life-changing event for these guys is when they have to go out after one of, you know, after a fatality and they have to go visit the family and, you know, and it's just, it's not, it's not something that any of them ever forget. I've worked with safety professionals who can tell you the name of every kid that was in that room, you know, and this was something that happened 25, 30 years ago. So it's just not, it's, it's not something any of us, we, we get in this job to prevent those types of things. That's, mm-hmm. that's why we're here. It's not, you know, and so, like you said earlier, Langdon, zero here is the only, is the only number that really, really is an acceptable number when yeah. it comes to this. You know, and I think we just, that uh, you know, something, you know, you and I've said over the last two podcasts and both just hit on it then it's that complacency, no matter how it is, whether I'm complacency of striving for zero incidents or complacency when you talk about SIF, you know, we, SIFs have come back into the, into the forefront and I'm glad, I think they need to be, but 10 years ago, eight years ago, they were a focus. A lot of people were talking about then also kind of because they were declining, but not where they needed to be per se. So what does that say? To a certain extent, that says that we haven't made some of those necessary changes we need to. We haven't thought about right. it differently. Um, I think that's interesting how we how we can view it as such. And just again, don't you know, don't do the same thing over and over. That's when you do the same repetition and you don't try to change or improve. What what good are you doing? You know, I, I always like to use my my T Dub, my Tiger Woods some golf analogy again he had a great golf swing but what did he do he and he knew it he had it repeatable which is what you strive for it was perfect but what did he do in the middle of greatness he changed his golf swing to try to get better 
Mm -hmm. Same thing. You know, you look at Roger Federer, you look at Michael Jordan, all of them. They were willing to change things slightly to get better. And I think that's what we have to that's what we have to keep in mind. Don't don't be complacent uh, because and watch out how we view things just because we've always viewed something one way doesn't mean that that's the way it should be viewed. Um, Because just like just like you said, we had more fatalities than than we've had. Yeah, that's great. You know, it's you wouldn't have thought that would have been the case per se, you know, but here we are. Yeah. So I just wanted to, um, anything else, Langdon, anything else on this, uh, this topic? No, we could probably talk longer, but yeah, I I do want to make this podcast official. And so, um, I just want to tell you both Langdon and I, we work for a company called Evotix. Evotix is a global ESG company transforming the way employees engage in the workplace health and safety. Our market-leading solution, Assure, is used by more than 400 customers worldwide in a wide range of industries. And our intuitive mobile-first application, AssureGo Plus, fosters worker participation, guiding frontline activities while capturing rich data to help prioritize safety and operational improvements and assure, ensure compliance. So Langdon, any, uh, any final, final thoughts here as we wrap it up? No, I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I do, but no, why not? Let's just stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps it up for episode four, excuse me, five, five, five of bald guys talking <laughs> safety. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter at baldguyssafety.com at baldguyssafety there's no dot in that thanks for joining us and listening all the way through i hope you all have a uh safe week uh langdon i'll turn it over to you with langdon watch back out there